Hey, hey y'all. y'all. And welcome to the Sorry Not Sorry Generation podcast, where we bring you a not-so-healthy dose of humor and reality as we get our hands dirty with some serious nostalgia and question everything. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. It's Misty. Ani said that with ice cream in her mouth. She did. <laughs> it's Ani. <laughs> We're snitching on you, Ani. I know. And yes, I want this in... I want to <laughs> leave it in. Yes, I'm eating ice cream while I'm doing the introduction. Yes, yes, I am. Unprofessional. Erin <laughs> says that she looks like she's grabbing her boobs. Yeah, I have an ice pack on my chest because it is a bajillion degrees. And my first thought was, it's a cat. Erin <laughs> just has cats in her shirt. I used like, to. Maybe Hazel would do that. I don't know. I, I no, she doesn't like it. Um, I used to do it with Indiana though. He used to be okay, mm. but no. I, I was gonna say <laughs> that is the words of somebody who's tried to stuff her cats down her shirt before. Well, it, okay. In fairness, it was more of like in a robe, you know, like so it uh-huh. was like one and then another, uh-huh. and that uh-huh. was not happening. She doesn't like to be under, like the blanket at all either. Yeah. But Indiana was cool with it. I don't know. She's a butt. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them like it. Some of them don't. So, you know. And so I must suffer. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, After that delightful introduction, which I will leave completely in there. uh, (laughs) Uh uh, Today we are, our tea time is going to be a little different because we are celebrating the one year anniversary of our Nameless City campaign, we thought we would do a little bit of a look back at some of our favorite moments from the campaign and maybe uh, have the lovely ladies here who are my players uh, ask me any questions they might have about the world that maybe they didn't get a chance to, like why we were actually playing it or if they'd just like to know some secrets or some things that aren't secret but they might think are secret and that aren't really secret secrets. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so just some of that. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, they're not like top secret, I guess, is what top secret mean. secrets. Like, it, you know, you might ask me about a character and I could tell you all kinds of things about them. Then you might ask me about a different character and be like, mm, can't tell you that. So, mm-hmm. don't know. Don't know unless you ask. So, but, uh, you know, they can ask me things about what they've encountered, the lore, history, things that they will encounter, stuff like that, or whatever. But we are going to kick it off with a look back at some of our favorite moments from throughout the campaign. And I thought we'd just kind of go around and everybody, like, just go from hopping from one to the other and just share different ones. So, uh, who would like to start or would you like me to start i have a dm you start okay but yeah okay i have some ready so okay aaron you go for it kick it off all right so my first okay i have one that's more of like a happier moment and then one that's not not sad or anything but it's just more of a serious plot driven moment (laughs) okay okay so first moment that i liked um was our first introduction to Sir Goosington when he fell asleep mm. on Valkaria. 
It's true. And, despite, and no matter what you did, Val yep, did not wake up. Despite Ooh. all efforts to the contrary, we could not rouse her from her sleep. Not by so many her with a stick. <laughs> I so mean, many. and they were all like twos, and like she would not, she would not wake up. She'd kind of like. You every know, role then, was under a 10. Like every mm-hmm. single oh, yeah. role from everyone, from me, from Aaron, from Ani, <laughs> all of it was just under 10s. And we just <laughs> could not wake Valkaria up if a bomb had fucking exploded next to her. And, nope. and so she got a Even her own story wouldn't wake her up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing we could do could wake her up. And that goose just just went everywhere wandering over and under and through and just on top of her took a nap on top of her was hissing at anybody else that got close you know yeah. it's just like but no no the purple one makes a good bed mm-hmm. yeah and eventually not a good like, fiance but a good bed do you want to be well, engaged to Sir Goosington like no well I, I can I change a plot <laughs> I do, I do have a note in my book that says uh, Gusaria is endgame. Um, <laughs> I forgot about Gusaria. <laughs> so yeah, no. Um, so there we don't is know Gusaria's entire story. He could be a morph into some really hot dude. Who knows? No, I think it's definitely a goose all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> but we did discuss a Gusaria wedding at one point. I, I think, would, um, yeah, I think there was some like dressing up in, that was going to be involved at oh her wedding. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll be that. part of a fever dream side quest one day. Yeah, a really yeah. special one shot that you guys do. <laughs> just Gusaria wedding. Very special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Valkyria just wakes up from having taken way too many fantasy drugs at the end of it like woo <laughs> Val, a- Val decided she was going to go rummaging into Aunt Jacinda's stash yeah, and just yeah. took one of everything yeah, just, yeah doesn't know what the hell it is it just takes one of everything it's like what can go wrong Yeah, and, and what went wrong is marrying Goosey Goosey <laughs> yep and she's like, well, I didn't know I was kinky in that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think Valkari would wake up very concerned about her subconscious. No, yeah, like, the rest of the day would be like, am I really like that? What does this mean? What does this dream mean? Really staring at Goosey after that, like, huh? She's Maybe like, not comfortable like... having him sit on her lap for a bit. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> like, did we? Please tell me we didn't. Did we? It's like, mm. and then everyone is just watching her like why are you acting so goddamn weird <laughs> it's like and what are you going to tell them that you had a dream of getting married to Sir Goosington because that's not something you should tell Jazara and Asha at all because no. <laughs> uh, you'll never hear the end of that no I'm never going to hear the end of having fish in my bra alright oh yeah no you that made a will... choice sweetie <laughs> that it's was not even it's not even Valkaria that's going to hear about that for the rest of her life. It is Ani who is going to hear about yes. that for the rest of her life. That's I mean, true. you have a fish bag and fish pens. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. That is one of my favorite things that has happened in this campaign is misunderstanding where Valkaria keeps her fish turns into in, in her bra. 
You grabbed your boobs when we you were talking I about was, I was Okay, no, in my defense, I went, it's here because I'm thinking there's a bag satchel thing mm, as you grab your boobs, yeah. Th- this is not where the satchel goes, honey. Is that what mm. I really do that high to this? Mm. Oh, okay. You went like this and you just had it around your chest. <laughs> That's why it got so derailed. Like if you listen to that whole episode, it just gets so derailed in that moment. <laughs> yep. But I do love that I was told that I should be expecting a gift coming soon to me that both of you worked on together. I'm like, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And then comes the fish bag, mm-hmm. which is the bass. And then when you turn it inside out, it's fish guts. Yep. And yeah, guess well, what I keep in there? Actually, that my part was a surprise to us, too. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And I keep my fish pens in there. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Oh, yeah. And then, like, for the next several episodes, every time we talked about the fish, you would pull it out and go... <laughs> it's within arm's reach from her so i know <laughs> just ah. king loss of it there, there it is get there it closer it to the mic make it make more noise there you go. <laughs> yep <laughs> it, honestly best thing i've ever bought best gift i've ever given 100 percent. like just mm, yep no you will never ever like one day way in like in the future maybe like i just need you to get like a very small tattoo of a fish just like right on your boob like right there <laughs> like a frozen fish just, just right there no, you know what you need to do is you need to like put it under your boob so that when you lift up your boob there's just a little fish and there's always going to be a like, fish why in do, and everyone's like why do you have this tattoo and then you'd have to explain the whole fucking story uh-huh. so i can just tell dave to add that to my, to my yeah. tattoos wall the a day frozen I fish yeah right there and so there's yep. always going to be a frozen fish in your bra at least this one won't smell <laughs> like, well sure. Well, depending on what she does that day, it might. It very well might smell. Very true. Hopefully, it won't smell like rotten If it does, it won't smell like death. Well, that's a separate issue, but um, it won't smell like death. It won't smell like death. Fact. Oh, by the way, did you tell Misty that she's on the shit list too? What? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, you're also on, on my mom's shit list. Me? Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her face, what? I'm sorry. Because, okay, because I got this, right? And uh-huh. so she's mad at me for getting uh-huh. another tattoo because it means Ani will get another tattoo. But then I Ani- I don't have any tattoos! Made- no, no, Ani made the mistake of saying- that she's going to get the uh, Cyndaquil with you. Okay, well, we can't do that anymore because I can't have your mom mad at me. She will kill me. And I know my life is not worth yeah, that. I think she'll kill Ani first. You'll have time to run. <laughs> uh, I cannot have Ani's ma- mom mad at me. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> I, I have to live to the end of this campaign at the very least. Like, no. Mm-mm. Don't worry. Can't do that. We'll kill can't you. do it. Can't she just hates it. you. That's all. No. <laughs> She loves you, but she hates oh, you. She's not big fond fond of me right now either. 
I'll have to send it. I think. I, well, and then and then I think it was the most hilarious statement because she goes. She said something to the effect of, "She's gonna get a ta- matching tattoo with all of her friends. She's not gonna have any skin left." And Ani looks at us dead ass and goes, I don't have that many friends. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> First of all, yes, you do. Like, yes, yeah. you do. Yeah, you do. Like, Jesus <gasps> Christ, girl. <laughs> you, you can fill a college theater classroom like, jeez. Mm-hmm. No, I can't! <laughs> yeah, you can. Because you have so many fucking friends, I can't keep track of most of them. No, but I don't have enough that'll get tattoos with me. Like, girl, I have three. They're four. Three, three and then one definitely on pro- a severe probation. Like, that, I couldn't fill, like, a bench. And y'all, and you over there, you can fill classrooms. Plural. I know. I don't I even mean, know like- that many people. Like, if we hold your wedding right now, we don't have to be a decent side, like a big venue. Girl, I could get married at a courthouse and they'd ask me if I have enough people for witnesses. Like, fuck. <laughs> It's like that one. It's like the video that uh, I sent you that Lindsay sent to me. Here, let me send it to you, Misty. I was like, no, my friend Lindsay just like any friends. You know what? I I said that exact thing instead of her in front of her mother, and her mother just looks at me like, (laughs) exactly, exactly. I don't know where that idea came from, but but it's wrong. It is. It is absolutely mm-hmm. incorrect. All right, we got fish. We got Sir Goosey. Misty, you wanna? You wanna? Did one of you send me a video of a pickle soft serve? Yes. That would be the other one. <sighs> That's not me. <laughs> My friends <sighs> me, and I'm like, they must, they must all suffer with me. That's. I like pickles, but that's a crime. That's a war crime. That, that's a pickle popcorn. That's, that's yeah. No, okay. Now is no. the I, see what I didn't understand mm. is oh po- and popcorn soft serve. Okay, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we've got Aaron's favorite moment. Uh, in I'm assuming the fish in the bra was Ani's favorite moment. Yep, one of them. The one yeah, that'll live in her head. One anyway. of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that will haunt her for the rest of her life. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Of her born days. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, one of my favorite moments. I would have to say, like, I like along with Aaron, like, I've got one that's, like, funny, and then I have one that's just, like, not as funny, but still, like, it was important. I think um, one of my, like, favorite moments that was funny was Val getting stuck in a hole in the cave? <laughs> <laughs> like directly after the fish incident of like when you traumatize that elf, which is another one of my favorites, <laughs> mind you. It's just it's yeah. really just like a long twenty minutes. <laughs> also a war crime, I think. Yeah, yeah, fish I, incident. Yeah, I definitely think because that was also one of my favorite moments. But like. The thing I love about the hole is like you're both everybody, all three of them are like in a cave and you're in the same room 
and Asha you like you falls into a pit and then Valkaria is looking for other ones and she's got her staff and she finds it and like it collapses but she just she's not in it and whatever she like looks in it and then just decides on her own to jump into it despite being in an ice cave gets to the bottom of this like 10 foot deep hole looks around obviously doesn't see anything which she could have done that same perception check from above it and she just did not she just went into the hole and then figures out there's nothing there goes to get out of it leaps jumps hits the wall with her claws and gets about a foot up and just gets stuck in the wall and it's just and i just have the most vivid picture of like valkaria nose to this ice cave wall like limbs spread and like her claws out like this and just tail swishing rapidly back and forth as she is stuck in this wall and then the, the immediate like using your mage hand and you were very smart you wanted to use your mage hand to like tie a rope to the top so you could pull yourself out and like the perception check you did was really good i remember it was 18 and i my fate one of my favorite things i've ever said to you was just that yeah you rolled an 18 which is really good so you're certain that you don't see anything to tie the rope to <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. You are absolutely certain that you are not doing well right now. <laughs> the best part of it was the combination of Ani's face and just Aaron's reaction of just <laughs> losing her shit. And just Ani just looking like, mm, suffering. It, it's well, it was the best combination. Like, like the whole had happened to Asha, right? Uh-huh. Like, it happened. And then Val chose her whole. It's uh-huh. like, and so, like, Asha's just like, the. Oh, she needs new uh-huh. friends. <laughs> that just, was the moment just, she it, thought she needed new friends. Yeah, but it was one of my favorite moments because I just loved being like, yeah, you're certain you don't see anything. <laughs> and just being stuck Absolutely in the wall. Yep. Yeah. One of my And then that was one of first of many times where Asha went and sat very separate Mm -hmm. from other people. (laughs) Asha had a moment that day when she questioned her whole life. Mm -hmm. And like every single life choice she's made that's brought her to this moment. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which and I'll like I'll save like the elf fish incident like as we do another round, but like that was also one of my favorite ones. Uh, you guys have other favorite moments? Uh, yeah. Um, it, now, this is the other one that's not as funny, but it was just kind of one of the coolest, <laughs> was Asha's Dream. Um, oh, okay. Where she kind of encounters the Moonweaver. I don't want to say in the flesh, but like the embodiment of the Moonweaver. Um, because it was just, I think it was a great bit of storytelling mm-hmm. um, on our illustrious DM's part um because it was one of the time i mean like as i've played more and more i'm getting better at like picturing everything that's going on right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like but like that was one of the times where it's like i saw everything like it was a movie i felt very transported and it was like this is a big fucking plot point (laughs) (laughs) i love creating that. that moment too like designing it was so much fun well, you should talk about that because that was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> yeah. Or do we want to I... like save that for like a little bit later? Oh, no, go for it. I want to hear it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was definitely like I had come up with it, I think, as I was working on 
because I try to plan like a session or two out as we go. And then when we end a session, I have a, a better idea of what what's going to happen in the next one. So it was between the sessions when I decided that I wanted to make, like I wanted to wrap in part of like an overarching stuff that's going to happen for Asha later. And I wanted to start because Asha has been having things happen to her recently. Like when she was, you guys were in that cave fighting the cult and everything like that. There was like, everything turned red and all that too. So, and uh, like, she's been feeling the Moonweaver's presence a lot more. And like, it's a lot for Asha to see that second moon and like, just realize that it's there. So I want it to, as we go through it, to be like an overarching thing for her. And I wanted like the, the, when you talk about like religion and stuff like that, it's always like really vague and like in the concept of like, nobody's going to go around meeting Jesus. Not really. But yeah. in D and D you get that privilege of like meeting yeah. and communing with like your gods and stuff <clears throat> like that. And there's spells you can do to like, like get divine favor and have literal divine intervention and things like that, that you can do. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted Asha to have this sense because as she goes on, her connection with the Moonweaver is going to be, tested but also she's going to have to discover more of herself too and so when i was designing it and i was trying to figure out like how i wanted you to interact with moonweaver for the very first time i just thought to myself i want it to be something that it's just asha like i don't want anybody else to be involved i just wanted to just to be asha and but also to be something both profound and a little terrifying at the same time because you're mm -hmm. in space you're meeting a god for the first time and you're literally staring at an entire moon as something shakes in it and you're watching celestial divine chains just start to break apart and it's a little freaky and it was something i, I think like, any one of those three things would have yeah. been enough to you know set her off her game but you get all no way you get all three yeah and like the concept of like dealing with the moon and what's going on with it like I knew it was something that was going to come into play later but I've decided to like add it in stages and I've spread it out a little more it was one of the things I had been working on and I'm just like I like the you know and like coming up with it and the, the whole idea for it is I wanted it to be really visually appealing but I just wanted it to be special just for Aaron because I wanted it to be something like that Valkyrie is not involved in, that Jazara is not involved in. It's just like a one-on-one -on -one for Asha and the Moonweaver to have going on because it's mm -hmm. something that the Moonweaver has tasked and set forth in front of just Asha. Like all of you have been set forth with something very specific of like trying to save the city and everything like that. And Val has her own like mission of like, it's super important for her to save the city because it's hers and like she's going to inherit rulers, you know, rulership over it. But Asha's has something now that's very different and it might conflict with what you guys go to do and it might help it, but, and you don't really know, but it was something that when I made it, I just wanted it to be something very profound in that moment, just for both Asha and Aaron. So, mm -hmm. and it was very, like, I had a very specific picture of Rudis and those chains at that moment. And it took me that image that I made for that episode took me so long to figure out what those chains were going to look like because i have such a very specific idea of what the surface of ruidus in that moment looks like so it was a it was a, a long a long it was one of those moments that i really wish i knew how to draw because i would have drawn something very specific so yeah yeah val would like to know where the hell you came up with her fiance <laughs> <laughs> i came up with her fiance in an airport <laughs> an airport in boston <laughs> uh i that was one oh, of the okay yeah. 
I that was one of the things when I made the wild magic table. I made it. I I, I did make it like over like a couple of. I made it over a couple of days, but most of it I made. I was sitting waiting for my flight coming back from Canada when I was sitting in Boston Airport, and I wrote a vast majority of it. And that was the thing I had shown like my mom, and I, and she was like, "You sure you like these people?" <laughs> <laughs> And the, uh, like one of you getting engaged to a creature at the time, I think I just had creature on there uh, was was one of the first ones that I wrote. And it was easily the top one I wanted somebody to roll. And I just didn't want it to be Jazara. Um, but picking a knoll was me like Googling fantasy D&D creatures and just coming up with the freakiest looking motherfucker I could find and going from there because that one was that I just so wanted you and like I had had the details of what they were going to be like and what the mom was going to be like for so long and I was so excited and it was one of the last times you guys used the wild magic table and I'm like we have to do this and we have to do it now but I'm so glad it was it was Valkaria I'm you so told glad us, you told us that bit about your mom going are you sure you like people are I you remember sure? that yeah yeah I remember that months and months mm-hmm. before. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I made that it manifested into yeah whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, and it's been like a really and I've had like all of that set and what was going to happen with you when you rolled that since you guys encountered the like wild magic for the first time. Like I had all of that set before, so like I've been waiting for somebody to roll that fucking number for so long and it was like of course it's me i really wanted it to be you though like i knew asha would just suffer and (laughs) (laughs) would just be like the fuck is happening to me right now so i I really wanted would just kind of pray it would go away Uh and And jazara would just fight like she'd just try to kill him jazara would just flat out kill him yeah, and it's just she'd just be like, wait until he was done being useful because he did start fighting your enemies for you after he was done fighting Orvo. He did try to fight Orvo first, <laughs> but like when he was done with that, like he was actually being useful. So like she would have like gotten rid of him after that. But Val just mm, choice, and I was like, yes. So there was there was only oh. a couple that I really wanted to happen to specific people, and for more it more or less did. Like the other one that I wanted to happen for Val was the for believing they were a dragon when they're not really a dragon because I could just so picture that so well of just standing there going <laughs> and trying to bring fire and it's just not uh-huh. I have such a vivid picture in my mind of that it's just like yeah I really wanted it to be Val and it was Val <laughs> yes. what she's saying is what she's saying is that Ani's a little more crazy <laughs> So she'll she'll do the scenario a little bit better. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whereas Asha, i.e. Aaron, will only suffer. <laughs> yeah, but like there's only there's suffer. ones that are amusing for like that I made specifically for like uh, Asha, and I thought you know like Aaron would be like the fuck is that like the one where you accidentally had thunderstep cast on you and you were just suddenly <laughs> teleported in a giant burst of lightning and it's just like okay that's weird but then there's turning in your mind into a dragon and just going flappy flappy Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just one of my (laughs) favorite 
<laughs> One of my favorite moments is Asha completely losing her shit and tearing into someone's throat. Yeah. That was really cool. I liked that moment. That one was really good. She that was to, like she had to bust that out sometime, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was Asha really leaning into that uh, to that vampire nature that she has too, which we haven't explored a whole lot yet. So no, yeah, yeah. So, she's been keeping that under wraps. I mean, yeah. it kind of goes with the that whole scenario though, where like she was stressed. Yeah, she, she'd had enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe I think that was the boat fight, was it not? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. And that I think that's one of the fights I've been the most stressed. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized that any of us could die at any time, and yeah. that death simply throws her a thing. But like that was that was kind of the toughest one because I had this plan of like because Asha had fallen into the water, mm-hmm. and like I knew what I needed to do to get back to Jazara. <laughs> And what yeah. I was going to, like, I had it planned uh, probably, like, five turns ahead what I would need to do. Yeah. And and it's just, like, this turn is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, especially so, in those kinds of moments, too, yeah. Yeah, and so the, the biting came out of, I guess, probably my own desire to rip someone's throat out. Um <laughs> I love it. That was yeah, that that boat fight was in my it's in my top like three moments, I think, because I sat down knowing I wanted like when I made that encounter, I knew I wanted to make something that was hard enough that you couldn't be certain everyone was going to survive. I was actually surprised that by the end of it, nobody was on your guys' side was dead, not even the people that were on the boat, like the crew. And mm-hmm. uh, and I went into that with the purpose of like, man. Yeah, Plankman is a champ, though. Like, come on, like he is. Plankman is a champ. He'll go down in history. Like he he belongs in the legends of Alexandria for sure. But um, yeah, when I sat down to make that one, that one I I purposely made because like I had tried as I as I make the campaign, especially in the very beginning, like I tried to do it in stages so that you guys would experience different elements of like playing D&D like you guys investigated the cabin and like you tried to put some stuff together and then um you know you were doing like you did a chase scene so you got the idea of mechanics of like running and dashing and stuff like that and then um you did a couple of smaller fights and then you went and like you know you opened trunks that were like have curses and stuff like that with the with the dragon trunk and the uh, toad cave and all that kind of stuff. So I was kind of like mm-hmm. giving you guys things Broker in cave. stages. Yeah. And just kind of like trying to introduce different elements. So I'm not just bombarding you with everything at once, but that fight, when I made it, I was like, they've got it. They've gotten through a couple of fights at this point. Now I'm going to put down the serious stuff. So I wasn't sure if everybody would live at the end of it. Like my goal was not to wipe out Just everybody, but I was expecting at least some of the crew to die and you guys all survived which i which i'm very glad for but uh at the same time like that was the first time i've made like an encounter where i'm just gonna be like i'm gonna try and kick your ass so that was that one was that one definitely did yeah and you Um, guys like that's one of my favorite favorite things that's happened in the campaign just because of the way you guys handled it was so good and you guys all just stepped up like so hard and you're just like we've got this we know what we're doing we're gonna kick ass and you did and i love that i loved watching you guys take it and just like just handling it like valkaria just got 
up like front and center with like the two main uh bad guys and was just willing to put her squishy self just like right there and uh and asha like in like Aaron, you can see it too, like the way you're you were planning everything but i'm just like i i had a very proud dm moment of like my players so well and i was so proud and you guys are so good and i i do because I, I would have, I guess I was rolling death saving throws at one point for Jazara. And I, and if she would have rolled poorly the whole time, I would have killed her off. And you guys would have just gone on to the campaign, just the two of you. Um, and I and I knew that as I was rolling this, but I had planned ahead that the guy uh, who threw her, what is now Jazara's, a lightning javelin. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to target Jazara with it. But I didn't want to target Jazara with it if like the two of you were like down or like weren't there to see mm-hmm. it or something like that. Cause I wanted it to be a narrative, like punch in the mm-hmm. face <laughs> just a little bit. So, and that I loved the fact that it was Valkaria who was standing there up in the mix with him at that moment. And when he throws the javelin and then re- her realizing it wasn't aimed at her. And that was such a, I loved that moment. Cause it hits Jazara wiped out her hit points and she just hits the deck. And I'm just like that for as a, player for Jazara that would I had a moment of like fuck I might kill off Jazara <laughs> like shit <laughs> how did but, I do this and why <laughs> yeah it was like but as a DM I was just like it was so narratively satisfying and I'm just like this is so good <laughs> I'm just like for the story and I'm like this is why authors kill off characters like get it now well, your darlings <laughs> this is why I get it okay. yeah, I was just like oh okay <laughs> But I love that boat fight. That was one of, easily one of my favorites. Yeah. Another favorite moment of mine is it's very small and it's just kind of silly. Um, mm. But it's when we were all in Burton's Yurton. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there was just a squabble over the bathroom and who got to have the bed all to themselves. And it was just, it was just such a girls weekend moment that yeah. it, it was so wholesome even though fisticuffs were thrown and oh yeah and yeah that paint splatter wand is still in jazara's quiver by the way it better fucking stay there at the Uh bottom Uh no val Val wants to play with it Uh yeah val has so many things to play with though Val does have a lot of things to play with. That's very true. I have to shake your stick, and it'll rattle with all that crap you have on the stick. <laughs> That's true too. It'll make the the ice noise. <laughs> That's very true. She's I getting more and more. But no body parts, though. Like no actual golem parts, though. So we can all be a little glad for that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all got in the way of that. So. Multiple got, times. Got in the way of that. Just like stopped salty. Stopped the theft of body parts. Yeah, sure. We'll call it got in the way of that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. She needs the say. she needs the ingredients to make whatever she's gonna try and make. Uh-huh. Without it, how's she gonna test it? Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm the DM so I can put regulations on the things that you can do. Because <laughs> God help us if you are ever the DM because holy shit. Do whatever you want. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Bend all the rules. Oh yeah. And I liked the Burton's Yurton. 
uh, scenes because I like, especially like the fight over the bed of like Val and Jazara like teaming up to try and get it from Asha and Asha just slipping out of the room and leaving <laughs> and she's closing the door like nope she was waiting just sitting in that room waiting for this to happen be like mm -hmm. you're not <laughs> sneaky mm -hmm. no and, and I it's, she knows y'all too well to, mm -hmm. to be like I'm not getting away with this but I'm going to cause chaos here and then I'm going to go get what I really want out there <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah that was a really that was a really funny for me and i just i love that i love those okay i love my favorite thing is the chaotic moments like the frozen fish and the bra moments or like mm -hmm. the smearing the fish over the elf's face moments that or just like my favorites just or when, yeah. turned, when val turned into a llama yes or a cat a llama with lamb poofy hair Valama. Valama. Yeah, Valama. The uh, <laughs> first time you guys experience wild magic, like, and Val turned into a potted plant, and just the looks on your faces when it happened, it was just like, excuse? <laughs> what the fuck? Val is confused. But it's like his face of, like, I just walked in and my friend, I saw, all I saw was a plant. And then poof, my friend was there. Yep. Huh? Just incredulous. Just because you had just because <laughs> you had just been dealing with sirens, weren't you? Yeah, she'd been dealing yeah. with sirens. Yeah, she's like, uh, -uh. <laughs> it was like a little too much for her at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Asha came down, was hoping for a rest after the weirdness that had just happened to her, <gasps> and she found Valkaria in a plant form and just whoosh, right back into Valkaria. And granted, she probably had never seen a cactus at all before, you know, so yeah. like... <laughs> it's like, what is then, this weird spiky thing? <laughs> they don't grow down down in the underdark there. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Ani, what's one of your other favorite moments? Mm. Oh, I don't know. They're all like a blur. It's like... Mm. <sighs> I mean, not to jump in again, but when we went shopping was pretty fucking good, too. <laughs> oh, in the in uh, Solrenia, yeah. When you guys yeah. went shopping, that was fun. Oh, like that was really good because like you guys got to experience like D and D shopping for the first time, and it's a player favorite just to have a shopping episode. It always takes like a whole episode, and it's so much fun just to go shopping because you're just like, what weird shit am I gonna find? And then, and then, just weird magic happened in the mm -hmm. shop, and mm -hmm. there's some you levitated. <laughs> Poor Asha. <laughs> she I yeah, I conjured like a you know a demonic version of myself that's unkillable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that tried to kill you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then mm -hmm. and then just to top it off, it, it was that was the episode where we were switching back and forth with the perspectives with Sir Goosey, wreaking yeah. <laughs> havoc in this traumatizing little village. Mm -hmm. That's then, also one of my favorites. Is just Goosey with his little cape and butter knife, just. Uh -huh honking someone to insanity yeah yeah that man did have a mental breakdown because of circusington <laughs> like like he traumatized a whole town <laughs> just in the time it took you guys to go to a couple of places and do some shopping he traumatized a whole group of people <laughs> he's Good got man. years of experience of this mm -hmm. we're still learning <laughs> how old do we think sir goosey is i really like, have no idea I feel like um, he's eternal. <laughs> he's got that like 
odd sense to him, like the way Myth does, where you're not quite mm-hmm. sure. And a little bit of that fey magic to him, where you're just like, yeah, you're probably not like a normal goose age situation. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. And for some reason, every time I think of Sir Goosey, and when we say Sir Goosey, all I want to do is yell out, Odette! And that's a swan. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do love it. I do love it. That that part, that should be part of her Goosey dream. That's how she finds like Sir Goosington in like a human form that she's willing to marry because like with that haircut. With the haircut, with Derek's haircut. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of Odette's haircut personally. (laughs) She has a great way, but Derek has that Dutch boy. (laughs) I was thinking of like blonde Fabio (laughs) situation. Yeah, just yes. in the dream, Goosey goose should be aesthetics. primo Fabio, like full ra- romance cover Fabio. But when like, he turns around, he still has a duck butt. <laughs> As he waddles away, <laughs> he wiggles, he swings back and forth. Yeah, he's got like Odette Fabio style hair and just like a duck butt, but the rest of him is like choice. So just like. Mm. <laughs> and then then we have to play the the um that's the song that's all over tiktok the, the uh, from aristocats what's that one? Uh, oh yeah 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 the yeah geese are walking it's like the goose step the goose step it's called the goose tie i think i think that would be so, good well we've discovered the like we put into canon in at least in a group chat format that they were Goosey's relatives I think like his yes, his yes. Great aunt. Like that. yeah so yeah he, and he's got like did we also throw in that he's related to Balto like the, the goose in Balto oh, uh, uh-huh. and uh, he has a weird uncle named Waldo I think it was who's a wizard or something like that mm-hmm. I hope so yeah so Which we represented of... on Misty's. I represented on Misty's birthday gift this year. That's true. I do uh, have a Goose Wizard shirt now. So yeah, <laughs> one of Goosey's ancestors was a I great and powerful wizard. So he's got some interesting ends. Every once in a while, I just make a little note of some weird goose relative, <laughs> and just every once in a blue moon, there's some weird goose relatives that get added to his. I mean, his it's quite the extensive family tree. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. So. Um, one of my other favorite moments is the fish slapping exfoliation scene of Valkaria just traumatizing the fuck out of an elf <laughs> when she took a frozen fish out of her bra, tried to get the the like the toad to attack its little master by taking a frozen fish and trying to like shove it into the elf's mouth the goal was to put the frozen fish into the elf's mouth so it would try to attack the person and she's like rolled super low (laughs) both times she tried it and just slowly smeared it over the face in a weird creepy slow fish scale exfoliant and that elf is so Twice. glad they died. <laughs> Just, whoo. 
because that was that was hilarious that was easily one of the top most hilarious moments in the campaign and they're just like you guys have had a lot of serious moments since then and you haven't had as much opportunity for like just bullshittery but i love those moments so much like val hasn't really had a chance to go wild with her mage hand in a while so we gotta we gotta set something up for her so she can oh god can be wild with mage hand so because i love it yeah it's so much fun Mm -hmm. i need to actually remember to use it (laughs) (laughs) it's fair every once in a while it'll be like a day or so after or like when i'm editing the podcast episode or something and i'll be like oh shit jazara could have used this thing that she has (laughs) like damn it like every well like there's just there's every once in a while like i'll listen to it and be like oh you know what (laughs) damn not not a, not very often, but like sometimes I just come across things and I'm like, huh, okay, <laughs> I could have, I should, rem- I should read her character sheet right before I do this. So, but yeah, luckily like, that kind of thing's helpful. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, luckily, like Jazz doesn't have like a whole bunch of spells for the most part. So like, and I didn't want a character that had like a whole bunch of spells specifically because I'm dealing with like the whole world and then Jazara on top of it. So and her ever growing list of spells, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I didn't need her ever growing list of spells to come into play at the same time. So Jazara, I think even at max level, <clears throat> Jazara can only have up to fifth level spells, I believe what it is, but I don't think she'll get that far because when I multi-class her she won't take very many more levels in uh, Ranger. She'll go into Fighter after that. So they won't get any spells for that. So, but yeah. So you guys have any more fun moments or any weird uh, or interesting questions you'd like to ask your DM? One of my other favorite moments was a very recent moment, but it's not funny. It's mm-hmm. when, when they're shopping on the ships. Okay. And Val, who's so used to just people, not what she people wants. not just getting what she wants, but people knowing her, like knowing that you know, just uh, like that she's a decent person. Mm-hmm. So when she tries to go, like, to go into her little pocket, like you know, her pocket of holding or whatever she's got, to pull out one of the vials and give it to the merchant who's just been mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, like swords are now in her face. Yeah, and she's just like, I was just gonna do something nice yeah and then, it was know, jazz very... pulls her away and val's just like i what yeah it was a very different moment for valkaria i'm glad to know that it you enjoyed the moment <laughs> as like a player because i wasn't quite sure how that landed at the time because i was just kind of like i don't know if like that was a little much or not so. no no because like it's just it's reality and like Mm. no one outside of the nameless city you know knows who she is yeah or you know when they see her down walking down the street in the city like they know that she's not just gonna up and harm them yeah yeah it's like it was very weird like and surreal for her to just be like people really don't trust what i say yeah it's a very different situation for valkaria like she's never had to experience that before and she's from birth been in a situation where she like has authority and that is both a pressure and like a gift in a lot of ways and i think mm-hmm. she's learning now that she's outside of that authority 
you know what that means and what she's she's in the unknown she is an unknown and for whatever reason that she doesn't know about you know uh or no she doesn't i'm guessing they know but like the the second someone mentions underdark everyone thinks that you're that we're part of um wolf Lulf. The cult of wolf, yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys no. would know about the idea of wolf and everything like that, because like you guys would, you would because wolf existed before the calamity. Yeah, so, like that was a problem beforehand. Yeah. So it's like the whole no, we have. Can I explain? No. Okay. Yeah. Swords. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those moments where I did it because I wanted the idea of like actual consequences for the actions that happen so and those Mm -hmm. people are (laughs) so distrustful (laughs) it's so that's an understatement yeah and like it i think it helps to understand it if you know the situation that's been going on between jorhas and the dwindalian empire up until very recently um and that they were at a very delicate stalemate of not going to war and pretty much bordered on war for a very long time. And it was a very delicate little peace treaty that ended up coming together to book a peace between them. But they sat at the edge of war for like a really long time and it was not going to go well. So like they, the people of Jorhas don't trust anyone and uh, they're very isolationist too. So and it's, uh, it's very interesting. So it's been a very delicate piece between Jorhas and the Dwindalian Empire for like 10 plus years at that point. So, but uh, yeah, and but like it's not like you guys know that. So, no, yeah. we're just like, what? Why? Yeah, but it allows for some character growth. <laughs> That's true. I enjoy it. I enjoy and, it. And some uh, opportunities for character exploration too, as you like kind of get more into like the role playing aspects of it too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so any uh, any questions or anything you guys got or any other moments uh, questions I guess I I would like to hear a little bit more I guess about um, Jorhas and the Dwindalian Empire and what what the fuck I mean obviously <laughs> you just went into how long it's been an issue but you didn't tell mm-hmm. us what the issue was so they've been uh they've been on the border of war because the dwindalian empire is essentially a bunch of psycho xenophobic assholes more or less they're very they don't allow all of the gods for one thing they have a very strict (coughs) which gods they approve of um and the ones that they don't approve of you're not allowed to worship in the dwindalian empire they're very like pro-human, pro-standard like elf, like high elf and stuff like that, and a couple of the other races and stuff like that. But they're pretty much against anything that they consider like other. And the Dwindalian Empire is like, is very large and it has a very large military. They also have a very elite magical, like like a school basically. Mm -hmm. And the school is well they have they have this this group that they that they train and the magical academy that's in the dwindalian empire is called the Soltress academy and it's in their very massive city and uh they have these like elite magical like navy seal ish 
kind of people and they're called Voltstruckers. And that's the word I had to look up because I wasn't sure how to say it. Um, but they train these people for assassination, for retrieval, and for like a whole bunch of other stuff that they start when you're young and just more or less brainwash you. There's a couple like instances where they make you murder your own family so you don't have any connections to people. And like they brainwash you to the point that you think that's okay and that's what your duty is and things like that so there's insane sounds like every cult i've ever heard of mm -hmm. so they're they're whew, they're something else but they have a very elite very like powerful magic um school and system and they have like a council of like people who are elite magic users and things like that um for ani because she's been watching the legend of vox machina with me um uh, delilah briarwood was one of them she was one of their oh, high. Yes. She worked for the Soldiers Academy and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yes, they have. They're very like xenophobic and everything like that of uh, people who are other. And then there's on the other side there's Jorhas, which their land is a lot different and it's more like harsh and almost wastelandy in some places and like it doesn't grow things like flowers and stuff like that and it's a very it's a very harsh environment to live in but drow full-blooded drow as you guys know from living in the, uh, the nameless city um can't stand full sunlight because they're mm -hmm. people are originally from the underdark and so they have like pockets of darkness that cover like large areas and stuff like that so it's always night in certain areas and things like that and one of the issues like they they've so the Jorhas and the dwindling empire had been going at it for quite a while there's a mountain range that kind of separates them which is one of the okay. only reasons they haven't gone straight to war but like the dwindling empire will try to like take things from Jorhas and like you know the people of Jorhas will come over and try to like take things from uh the Dwindalian Empire and they use like the tunnels that are still exist from the old Underdark to like sneak over and like grab things and and they've been they've fought before in like a couple of different instances um and but the Dwindalian Empire hates them even as there's this very delicate piece that's going on and the lead up to a possible war and then the creation of that piece is actually the plot of critical Role's second campaign oh, and uh, so they had a whole campaign based around whether or not there would be a war and like trying to stop it and everything like that so um and they were successful and like they did manage to stop it and there's no there was no war uh, and the, the piece that was bookered was very fine and very delicate. And they ended up not saying like a lot of things that happened just to keep that piece. And uh, so it's still, you guys are in a, in a situation where it, it's existed, the treaty and like the peace and everything like that, but it's still, it's like the cold war. Like, it, but if the United States and Russia had shared a border basically, yeah. and you kind of go like, Okay. Well, oh, great. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, like, cool like there's yeah. like a peace treaty that's happened, but <laughs> it would be about as uncomfortable as, you know, like the, if the United States and Russia shared a border, basically. So, um, there's a lot of distrust on both sides of people coming from either direction. And it's going to be very interesting for you guys because you look like you're from Jorhas, but you're not from Jorhas. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trouble, trouble. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Trouble follows us wherever we go. Yeah. Huh? Why is it created on your own? You three. Mm-hmm. And it really is. <laughs> And sometimes it's just me throwing trouble at you because you're like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, anything else you guys would like to know about? The planet, the history, the other continents that are there. Uh, it's almost all like I've seen so of the con- of it. I know there's it's- so much. Like all I've seen of the continent so far is snow and dragon ice cave. Mm-hmm. That's true. I think I've shown, I've shown you guys a, a map of Wild Mount itself, and then there's mm-hmm. other continents yeah. besides mm-hmm. that one. There's a couple of them. So this is Exantria. Uh, you guys are on Wild Mount up here on these yeah. islands, um, and then this is Jorhas on the on the right, but and then the Dwindalian Empire here. The is that um, Rosanna in the red. What's it's the red? not far from there, but that's okay. a forest. Um, all of this giant thing is what you guys are on and that's wild mount and then to the left of that is Tal'Dorei which is where the legend of Vox Machina takes place Um, where in Tal'Dorei is uh, uh, Percy's house Whitestone is up here in like the northern area also in snow also Also in snow yeah it is the never fields yeah there it is it's right here. It's up in the northern part. Whitestone. Uh, there it is, yeah. Yeah, it's actually not that far from the border uh, with Wildmount. So, um, and then like south of Wildmount is like this area of islands called the Shattered Teeth. And to my knowledge, that is what's left over of either something that was floating or something that was sunk into the ocean. Might have been a continent that they sunk into the ocean or it was something that was like floating. Like during the sp- calamity or like yeah. after? Oh. Yeah, I believe it was during the calamity and they threw it into, I, they either threw it into the ocean or they drowned like the, the place that was there before. I'll have to look. But um, yeah, they did do that. Um, then there's Isilra, which is all this more blank one that's all the way over here to the left that is where civilization on exandria began like that is the continent all of the civilization began and when the gods came to exandria they first created life there in osira and there's like the what they call like i believe it's called the dawn city and uh there's a city in there that is where the very first civilizations of exandria came into being long long before the calamity so that is something you guys would know that you know Isilra exists if there's assuming that these writings have survived over the last couple of hundred years but considering how long some of your guys's family members live probably like you like yeah. i think in asha's family she's like the third generation and her grandmother was alive pre-calamity so like there's definitely like a, a stretch of like information that's there um but yeah, so that's where like a civilization first began a couple thousand years ago. And then the Marquette, which is to the south. And that is a odd combination of like desert and gigantic pointy mountains. Kind of like if you took Australia and then that some of those really funky mountain ranges in China where they're just like pillars basically oh. and just kind of put them together. Yeah, so... But uh, but yeah, so it's kind of like a, it's a 
like there's only like four continents and then a series of islands for the most part uh in Alexandria. but yeah you guys have a uh it's a whole world out there and you've seen some islands <laughs> no you've probably answered this before but clearly we've learned that valkaria's knowledge of magic is limited because mm-hmm. is there like a restricted section that she's that she knows about that she just it was never been told like she's always been told you can't go there you can't ever learn this stuff or like it's just well, why would that exist? Her? Exactly. <laughs> i think I think Valkaria has learned most of her magic directly from her father. Her father is the most powerful magic user that she knows. He takes the time throughout her whole life. He's been the one to teach her magic and spells and things like that. Because mechanic-wise, you're both sorcerers. So you're learning to hone your magic from him. Mm -hmm. And your magic has a lot of similarities in it. Though yours is has a bit more potential than his does and leans a little more. His leans more towards fire. Yours leans a little more towards cold and like shadows and stuff like that. But you like he, you learn most of your spells and your magic from them. Any spell that you cast and stuff like that, for the most part, you could say you learn them from your father. If you want to say like for role-playing purposes, like you learned mage hand just from, you know, a youth full of like mischief and stuff like that. And wanting to do things like that. You've manifested that yourself. Um, as for like magics that you can't do, I'm sure as you like you were being taught magic, your father laid the ground rules of like and just kind of told you this is what magic is and this is what magic does and this is how your magic works and this is what you can do with it. And you probably didn't have a lot of reason to like question him because you were taught there are different different people have different abilities with magic. Like you would have had Asha as a direct example. And like, you know, her magic comes from the moon weaver. So she has a different sort of magic than you do, but you probably didn't have a lot of reason to question that. Maybe like the origins of how you get your magic might be slightly different than your father's, which might result in different types of magic and probably didn't have a lot of reason to like question if there was beyond what your father was teaching you, because you're, you know, he's so powerful and he knows, right. Like you would have been able to look at him and just see somebody who is like supreme sorcerer in all things. And like, he probably Got never it. encountered magic that he just wouldn't know something about. So like you could have started questioning other types of magic as you've seen other people use different types of magic in the city. Like, you know, that Jazara's family, does a lot of magical experimentation and stuff like that. And they create new spells. So, you know, the creation of new magic is possible. And maybe that's how Valkaria got mage hand and stuff like that. So, you know, it's possible to make new spells, but your father would have kept you away from the spell creation areas that of like the way Jazara's family does it and stuff like that, because those people and that like elite guard of people and group of spellcasters that make those spells don't interact with the rest of the world so much. They talk a lot directly with him and then the people and some of the people, mostly the head of their own family and the heir. Um, but they don't do a lot of interacting with like the rest of the world, especially when talking about their magic. It's all very secret, secret, restrictive and stuff like that. So okay, make, making spells is definitely something that Val probably was interested, could be interested in before you guys left the city. But it would have been extremely hard for you to try to find anything out about it. Because even Jazar, who lives there, 
isn't allowed in these buildings in these rooms and okay. stuff like that and they're like sealed magically so that anyone who doesn't have the right magical signature can't go into them so you can't go sneaking in and stealing stuff so probably would might have been something that valkari would have been like trying to learn about and maybe something that her and jazz like did some little sneaky sneaky eavesdropping and stuff like that but probably didn't get anywhere and most of like the forbidden magical texts are either kept locked away by your father or by these people whose job it is to make new spells oh okay yeah okay so val has entered an entirely new world of finding out there's a whole shit ton more magic than she thought because yep. the most magical prominent magical families are valkaria's family and ash's family that are the most upfront with you know <laughs> using magic on a regular basis so right okay yeah. um Val doesn't have anything that can, like, astral project, right? No. Okay. What kind of astral projecting would you want to do? She says oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, It just popped pop into my head. Like, our city is under siege. No mm -hmm. idea what's going on. But my first thought was not try to send a piece of me to see if everyone's okay is so i want to torment the other fucking air <laughs> your first thought is to torment a 15 year old child instead of checking on whether or not your parents are alive does does that surprise you <laughs> because i don't feel like it should at all it should, it should not it really should not um I will say there is a spell that you can learn in the next couple of levels, I believe, and it's called sending and it lets you send a message to anyone that is on the same plane of existence you are. Oh, cool. Okay. And that's probably the closest you'll get to like that's projecting fine. something. And to that's be totally fair, fine because she can send him fucking messages and sounds randomly and his big, what the fuck? It has a limit of 25 words, but it does include sounds, and he can respond, but he doesn't necessarily know where they're coming from. That's great. I like that. So there's that. And it, you can send it to people you've met or people you haven't met but have been described to you in enough detail that you can connect your magic okay. to it. So. Um, yeah, you can torment people you've never even fucking met. So <laughs> it's just like have somebody really describe the king of the Dwindalian Empire to you and just fucking go ham. So, yeah. yeah he just like, you know, throwing words in his head. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Uh -huh. He's be yeah, just, just really hammer home the idea that he's going crazy. So, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could totally do that. So, yay. I worry about telling you there's an entire group of pirates that exists in the south of Wildmount. An elite, very dangerous island full of murder pirates. Well, don't can we sell befriend it them? that way, Missy. Hmm. Can we befriend them? Because my, like, Stormhound? Come on, Stormhound. Stormhound, whatever. Mm -hmm. Pirates. You know, he wasn't really a murder pirate, though. No, but still pirate. Well, uh, if you guys get that far south and maybe steal a boat, neither of you, none of you know how to sail a boat, to be fair. No, so. and Val gets seasick. 
That's yeah, true. She, she did not does. well on the uh, on the open ocean. She mm. did not. No. Uh, she did eventually get her sea legs under her, but she did not. Uh, she did not do well those first few days at sea. So, anything else you lovely ladies would like to know? <clears throat> I think I generally do a pretty good job of asking questions when I need to. Yeah. But, you know, um, like, there's anybody you, like you've met that you would like to know more about, or uh, you know, just any any of the little things or about the city or anything like that. Okay, here's here's one that's kind of odd. So, in the fight where Val became briefly engaged, <laughs> that we were we were helping um, the commander and her subordinates get mm-hmm. rescue their griffin yeah do do they only keep the griffins <laughs> for uh transportation purposes or <laughs> are they it's pets? A, what <laughs> it's a little bit of like the way you keep horses <clears throat> like okay. you get it att- you get attached they are pets in a sense but like they could also be for like transportation purposes and um to come on and off of the boats they tend to use the griffin so they don't always have to go by foot and it also helps for like expedient like retreats and things like that um uh-huh. each ship that's there and there's three of them each ship spends about six months there on in in their spot uh-huh. so they'll rotate out so they do they don't always require their griffins to be there especially like they let their young when they're having young go and they let them live like and raise their young until they get to a certain age and then they'll go and they'll bring them back or in most of the time they don't even have to go get them the griffins will come back because they know that's how that works but it gives them a chance to have their own little family unit and like teach their little their young like the basic survival skills that it needs and then when the baby gets old enough they bring you know like come back to the to the fort and all that stuff too and if if for some reason all three of the ships were going to leave they would go out and get their griffins and bring them home so they could come come back home so because there's large fields in um, Jorhas, and that's where they prefer to be. So, okay. No, because because first of all, because Asha kind of wants one, and <laughs> of course she does. She's like, they're cute. It's a baby. I do. I will say, I have a couple of things you guys are going to encounter that one Ani's gonna like a lot, and then there's another one that you're both really gonna like and that misty herself wants to own one because <laughs> i want it um i want I have, it because i want it but i do have a couple of very interesting things you guys will encounter that you will want to adopt and take home with you both in real life and in the game so all right that that is the problem is that i want to adopt everything mm-hmm. every creature Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be like instead of the nameless city campaign it's going to be the zoo the traveling the zoo, zoo. The, no the the white woman um <laughs> adoption agency <laughs> the white woman adoption agency like the guy on instagram oh just like the adoption agency just like you put a white woman there and she'll have that thing over there purring in no time and take it home you know oh yep. little bentley he's so cute it's okay <laughs> that he's a panther it's fine he just needs love do you see right? do you hear him purring 
It's like, I think that's growling. It's like, no, no, it's a big cat purr. Big cats can't purr. Yes, they can. And then the big ones that go just make the tiny baby noise, they're great, too. Uh-huh. That's cute, too. Um, there. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I do know something that is coming for uh, Valkaria that is going <laughs> to just be, oh, so good. That's true. That's I mean true. It sincerely. Yes. I mean, I mean it. I cannot. I practically can't sleep <laughs> over it because I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, and here I just think it's like going to be the worst thing in her life, and I'm like, no, girl, this is going to be. This I is, mean, it depends. It could be depending on what true. happens. This is true. This is true. Yeah. So, and for the record, I did, I did send Erin a series of pictures and made her select some stuff. So, so this yeah. is a joint effort as well. Yeah. yeah. So, but and I will not fish. be mailing you a physical version of any of this. Oh, that's true. There, there will not be a physical version. But, um, damn, is I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yay! Mm-hmm. When. Well, I guess we can't ask that question. Never mind. <laughs> I can ask um, it. Missy will not answer it. <laughs> fair enough. She can so. probably tell you when I'm not around. Yeah. That's why private chats were invented. True. But all of that will come out in the... Look at her being worried. I mean, that's... <laughs> Uh, all of, you will see the results of that during the special, uh, like long okay. session that we do. So, okay. That, okay, yeah, so that is coming for you sooner rather than later. So, that is that is happening rather soon. So, and Misty, you'll, you'll have to, um, you'll have to give me like, you'll have to come up with a, a signal and uh-huh. like maybe like a signal word, like, oh, it's coming, and it uh-huh. just has to be completely innocuous. And, there you go. Just, you know, just I'm gonna text you just incoming in all capital Incoming. Letters. Oh please, please do. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it'll be fun. Yeah, and I will try fun. not to ruin the surprise by like going. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, no, I will happen. say for the special episode, I was telling Ani this the other day <laughs> when we were we were recording. I wrote a lot. Uh, for what's going to happen. Like I wrote, I think it's up to 20 something pages. Mm-hmm. Of, Whoa, of, girl. Yeah. She's written more than she's written for her fucking class. Yeah. And like, I wrote like 20 something pages for that. It's not done as of this moment that we're recording. It's almost done. I will have to use more than one website for some stuff, but uh, as we go through it, but yeah, I wrote a lot. Like, I will like when we were talking earlier about the Moonweaver and like giving like a really visual depiction of everything. I went a little ham in that direction because I want you guys to have like really good visuals for some of this of what's going to happen. So I wrote what happens like in like of what the initial thing that you see in these moments are. And uh, it, it, it's very visual and I think it'll create a good picture for like you guys, but also for like the listeners too. But yeah, I, um, there's there's a it's a lot of mechanical stuff too a lot of it is notes for me for how the mechanics of a lot of these things are going to work and um yeah so hopefully you won't get too traumatized so (laughs) 
Y'all have to gauge that one because I have no idea what the fuck is coming at me. So, oh, the notes are not necessarily for what's coming for you. The notes is what's coming for the party during the the extra long session that we're going to do. The you, the thing that's coming for you is just a single part of that twenty plus page document. So, yeah, yeah. So, but it'll be, but I'm really glad that it's had, like, we're recording, like, the extra long episodes. Like, we'll, we'll split it into two, so it's two different episodes. But I, just because I think it'll be more fun to experience, like, in one, like, longer experience. So, and give you guys time so you don't feel rushed while doing it as well. So, because, like, even if you don't wrap, like, this area of the story up in those two episodes, yeah, that's fine. It's just <clears throat> probably more fun if you do, like, a decent amount of it in the one recording so and uh, you don't have to remember a bunch of it like a month later so um yeah so because gloria she do be tired gloria be tired but gloria just spent a bunch of time writing dnd notes so gloria has the right to be tired so yeah yeah so but i you guys have done like a lot of serious stuff recently and this is the opposite of all of that so it's holy shit that's a lot but in a good way so Mm -hmm. so in a a good non-stressful mostly partially (laughs) kind of i guess it does kind of depend on how you approach it but yeah (laughs) so i'm really looking forward to it i've been looking forward to it for quite a while um but yeah you guys are about to leave the north <laughs> and pretty soon within the next like session or two so yeah, that'll be fun because like your guys's like beginning stages are over or coming to a close at the very least you guys are really getting into the like the meat of everything at this point so i'm very it's much only been a year it's only been a year yeah maybe every few months we'll have to have like an like a like a day where we just record like a longer <laughs> special additional episode or something if you guys want to mm-hmm. get through this at uh not of five years <laughs> or something so <laughs> um but you know you guys have been doing really well and it's been a lot of fun um i will get towards the end of this episode with giving you some fun little weird tidbits of things <clears throat> that i've behind the scenes stuff um Creating Sir Goosington was a whim that I did, like, not that long before the episode that Sir Goosington was in. And I'm just like, what can I do to, like, torment you guys? And then just, like, I was really playing with the idea of some kind of weird stalkery Duolingo owl because that's, like, a homo mechanic (laughs) I've seen. And... Like, there's a there's a homebrew class where your warlock patron is the Duolingo owl. <laughs> I love it. I, I saw it years ago. And I was just like, I want something bizarre, but that follows you around like that mechanic did. And then I played um, the Untitled Goose Game. Yes. And uh, so Sir Goosington became a combination <laughs> of like the stalkery elements of the Duolingo Owl subclass <laughs> and the Untitled Goose Game and Cusco from the Emperor's New Grove. So you can see those cursed origins. <laughs> I never would have anticipated the Duolingo Owl. Yeah. yeah. Now I have another question. 
Sure. Are we ever going to see something happen from the Beware Raccoons? That's entirely possible. It really does depend on what happens in the next session. So, yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Aaron's Make very good concerned. Choices. Make good choices. <laughs> Beware, raccoons. Let's make poor decisions. Oh. <laughs> Let's make raccoon-themed decisions. Trash panda. Trash panda. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that'll really depend on what happens to you guys in the next session, whether or not you, yeah, Beware raccoons. That so. feels like that is that is most definitely a threat. It doesn't just feel like it is a threat. Mm. Mm. Maybe I should leave myself a note just to make sure I beware raccoons. Beware raccoons. My mom's gonna see this note and just be like, "What the fuck?" Just big old beware raccoons sign. Just gonna put that right there. Oh, yep, there we go. Okay. Which, by the way. <clears throat> Some of my other D&D notes include a hot goose soda and a hallucination soda, just for the record. And uh, hot goose soda? Why is the <laughs> soda hot? That's fun. Um, and then, of course, uh, hockey. Just just sticking out, it says hockey. Yep. Um, and uh oh and uh Ani's uh ring of returning that she wants so to bring her quarter staff she wants a ring that she can use to attach like a ruin to the ring and her staff so she can throw it and get it brought back to her thor's hammer style so so okay which i did not forget (laughs) and like that that is in the works as well so so um, other little tidbitty stuff. Uh, for anyone you should who totally does... put the oh sorry you said you should totally put the uh, note of beware raccoons in your window. So when you, okay. any... <laughs> yeah, as the maintenance staff walks by, I'm like that house has raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm just gonna knock on my door, it's just like you have raccoons. I'm like, no, I have no. friends. <laughs> my friend my friends raccoon. are raccoons. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with some them further. Yeah, yeah. No, they don't live here. Mm-hmm. They live in California. Those raccoons. Oh yes, my raccoons. They are. They are wild things. To be fair, so. Um. Yeah. Uh. The only other tidbit I think I will say is that your guys's characters like the very base origin at least of the classes came from an instagram group chat where i had assigned everybody a character class many eons ago when we were first talking about D and learning D, and i told you guys i thought aaron was a twilight cleric and i thought ani was a shadow sorceress and you guys kind of built Valkaria and uh, Asha off of that. So nice, nice, yeah. nice. It was a very long time ago. It happened in, the, in an Instagram chat that happened, and I told you guys about because I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was just like, "What classes would they be?" And then proceeded to do 
so much research <laughs> until I found something I thought that. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, no, no, it's these. It's these. So, yeah. But that's where that originally comes from. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys would like to say before we wrap up the episode? Just to, just say to say thank you for being the best DM. You're welcome. I love having the best players in the whole wide world. Because you know we always show up. Yeah, that's valid. That's valid. I can't uh, really hold a session without you both. So <laughs> I don't know how people who have like eight players at a table do that at all. Especially the again, I have friends. Lately. I have friends who live not not that far away, and they host like. Eight to ten person, make probably eight person like campaign every Thursday. I'm like, uh-huh. y'all have a child, like a, a four month old. How do you how do you do this? I have no idea how people do that. How do you get that many people to come over every fucking Thursday? That's or Friday. Yeah. That's really a, a luck of aligning schedules with that one. Yeah. And everybody better hope nothing about their situations ever change. So. <laughs> Cause dang, I've been begging um, them. I'm like, next time you make a new campaign, please invite me. You're not allowed to go on Thursdays, so we have recordings, young lady. No, I know. If it's Fridays, I can do that. It's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I I would really enjoy one day in the future playing in a campaign where we're all players and somebody else is the DM. Because I would love to watch other people handle this. <laughs> <laughs> like the chaos of like frozen fish in a bra like yeah yeah no go ahead go ahead i'd like I to know, see how somebody deals with that has a certain level of understanding <clears throat> of us as humans but <clears throat> yeah like i think there are things where you can just like there's just like game nights where you can do a one-off yeah, yeah. There's ones you can do, uh, you can join online. Um, Ariel does them sometimes. It's where you can just go and sign up to be a part of a one-off online. Nah, I want to do people I know. (laughs) She's like, but then you wouldn't be able to subject unsuspecting people to drop. This is true. This is true. And like, the chaotic, like if, if I wasn't the DM, the truly chaotic characters I could create, I could just play as Sir Goosington. And just go from there. <laughs> like it's just I can just be Sir Goosington. Like that would be fine. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. You guys better hope you never see me in a truly unrestrained D D setting. <laughs> so watch me go feral. Mm. Mm. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, this has been a truly an awesome like time of getting to do this campaign with you guys. Like you've picked up D D so fast. And you guys have learned it like so quickly and so well. And it's been very impressive. Um, my, this is my first effort as a DM as well. And uh, definitely like the route it's going, it'll be the longest campaign I've ever done. So I'm, you know, like I think, especially at the beginning, it was like a learning curve for everybody. And then just kind of like trying to figure out like the balances after that. But I think you guys have done so well. And uh, one day you're going to be, Oh, D and D players, you're gonna go off and play with other DMs. <laughs> but only if you come. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll go to but, other campaigns only if you come with us. Fair, enough. fair. But it is an absolute honor that no matter how many of the campaigns that you play, it was the very first dungeon master you ever had. So, the very first campaign number one you ever DM. 
Number one. Number one, BM. Number one, BM. And I could definitely have not have asked for better players to be the first players in my very first like time as a DM. So, but I also have two of the mo- most awesome friends a person can have too. So, yeah. so. you're so nice. Yes. <laughs> and I love creating things for you guys. Like I'll just sit there and I'm just like, it's so hard not to just give you everything. And I'm just like, I want you to have these. Here you go. I, w- like, I want you. I want to share. I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> like the things I've made for you guys that you just won't encounter for a while. But it's one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to like this, like the extra like long sessions that we're going to do because so many things I've made for you. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, hey, shiny for you. Please have this thing that I've had like on the back burner waiting for you since like last year. Thank you. <laughs> God, that must be torture. <laughs> Knowing the full plot of this campaign and not being able to tell fucking anybody. It's just my mom has listened to so many weird plot details about this campaign and she has no fucking idea what I'm talking about. No. I'm just well like what you sh- No no. You know what you should do? You should mm-hmm. totally Start messaging my tattoo artist on Instagram. <laughs> he will give you so many fucking ideas. This guy's hilarious. He fucking loves Dungeons and Dragons. He's always the DM, never the player. So he's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> the eternal DM. Tis a thing. Mm-hmm. But yes. Yeah, I tell my mom like different things all the time. And just like, <clears throat> and I, I, I made something for like at some point in the future. And I'm like, I made this thing. And it was supposed to be really nice for them. And then I added murder. <laughs> just like me like yeah you're my yeah. kid i'm like yeah yeah so that's something to look forward to off in the distance so murder could be around any corner so. oh it usually is i just have to remember not that orange is not my color okay <laughs> That's fair. I can't go get pumpkin spice when I'm in jail, and that honestly, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I have my chai pumpkin today. Me too. <laughs> it's the first day of pumpkin, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. First just, day of yeah, pumpkin. First day of podcast. Yes, we are recording this a little bit in advance. It was the very first day of pumpkin spice out at Starbucks, and uh, <clears throat> your your two resident. Starbucks photos. <laughs> like went to went to Starbucks this morning, so and got the same damn thing, modified but same thing. Yeah, that's valid. <laughs> so I got a pumpkin chai. I don't usually get chai though, but I got a pumpkin chai. My mom's is literally the exact same thing, just instead of cinnamon dolce, I put pumpkin in it. So nice. But yeah, so um, thank you guys for joining us on this like look back at our campaign. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of chaos. And uh, with some serious moments like sprinkled in there, so can look forward to uh, the really the character growth and the story progression that's going to happen uh, moving forward. And uh, yeah, I've very much enjoyed all of the all of the campaign with you guys, and it's just so much fun. And uh, it's easily the best D and D campaign I've gotten to be a part of. So it's fun, but that is entirely the responsibility of the two of you. So. <laughs> so look forward to some chaos, some creations, and a hell of a lot more of Sir Goosington. <laughs> <laughs>
And, uh, oh, and for the record, just as a small tidbit right here at the end, um, I do practice some of the weird character voices of people you're going to encounter, and I'm really glad that, like, people can't hear me do it. So, because you're going to encounter some things, and, like, uh, Valkaria's fiancé's voice um, was truly just pulled out of the depths of hell somewhere. So, but yeah, so... There's that. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to my lovely players for being the wonderful and amazing people that you are. And um, hopefully I won't kill off your characters. So Please don't kill off our Yeah, characters. here's hoping. <laughs> One of our sessions will be like, how to make a backup character. <laughs> so, um, Whoever dies um, has to play as Sir Goosington. So. How about this? <laughs> if Val dies, you have to play as Sir Goosington. If uh, Asha dies, she has to play as Myth. <laughs> so... Okay, that's fair. That's, that sounds a little more plausible, I will say. That's fair. Uh, all right, guys, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Tune in next week for more fuckery, because we have some serious questions and concerns. <laughs>